Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Autocar podcast, My Week in Cars, with me, Matt Pryor, and him, Steve Cropley. Hello, Steve. Hello, Matthew. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you, mate. Yeah, really good. Uh, so over the next half an hour or so, we're going to be expanding on our respective Autocar columns, which means we're talking the Citroen C0, uh, or Mitsubishi iMeve, uh, car buying as a disease, Britain's worst driven car, um, our electric car handling test, and much, much more besides, including your correspondence. Now, you can write to us at autocar at haymarket.com or find us on all of the social channels. And Ian Bocking has done uh, just that. He said, last week, Matt made an observation that an EV battery might capacity might shrink, but a petrol tank always stays the same, which is true. But an internal combustion engine vehicle loses efficiency as parts wear uh, and break. So there is an equivalent, I believe insert another magazine here some do exist I believe Stephen but mm. you know I don't know anyway uh, carried out a light hearted assessment of how much horsepower their second hand vehicles had lost over time any thoughts says Ian well my understanding is that these days in the, in the days of engine management mm. a lot of that stuff is compensated for and, and there are very high standards set for something like 200,000 Ks where a car has to deliver what it was promised to deliver in the beginning and that after that it can collapse but right. for a big mileage they have to deliver what they were advertised to deliver and is that the because presumably it has to keep delivering the, or returning the same efficiency and economy and all that sort of malarkey isn't it as well, pretty I much i think I, I mean i'm sure there is some deterioration yeah. but but i believe that there are some important parameters that have to be delivered yeah. you know clean air and output yeah i uh, went to germany on my motorbike a couple of years ago so it's 20 years old, 18 years old at the time. And it's uh, older Africa twin, as you know, runs on carbs, as you know. And I must say it maxed out at 108 miles an hour and uh, verified by Waze at the time on, on GPS. And the official is 110. So it's only lost two miles an hour in 18 years, which I think is pretty good going. What's the miles? Uh, it's now it's 67,000, oh, 68,000. It's perfect. Barely perfect. Right in, as they say. It does. Actually, being 20 years old this winter, I will give it a proper... 
refresh, I think. It does drop a bit of oil, but, you know, that's corrosion resistant. Oh, it's, a, it's a fine machine. I've yeah. seen it plenty of times. Um, anyway, on with the show and over to the first point of order from the newly speed aware Stephen Cropley. Oh. <laughs> I um, had to do a speed awareness course. Mm -hmm. um, at the beginning of the week, I was full of resentment because I was nicked for doing 26 miles an hour on a road which, is, which has been marked for 30 for the last 30 if not 50 yeah, yeah. years. It's now 20 for no good reason. So I went into this thing which was an online course in you know sort of shaking with resentment almost. But the bloke that ran the thing was such a nice guy and he did it so well and the content was so um, relevant and interesting and well explained that I found after 15 minutes I was enjoying it and it was a two-hour event and I came out of it thinking I know more than I did yeah. I even signed up for some research that they do to see how much of the bump you remember after six months oh okay and they were it was stuff like how to recognize the speed limit on a road without seeing the signs mm -hmm. helpful you know I didn't I thought I knew it but I didn't um, lots of stuff about braking distances. You know, the, the difference between 30 and 31 miles an hour in braking distance, which is quite um, easy to illustrate. They did it yeah. well. And a few other things like that. Practical stuff. I liked it. Are they, when it comes to braking distances, are they effectively sort of quoting highway code ones? They, the, actually, they just demonstrated it okay. with, a, with test cars and... and uh, on an airfield, I couldn't. I tried very hard to recognise the airfield and couldn't do it because <laughs> yeah. we know them all, don't we? But well, yeah. Well, I mean, if, you, if I mean, if, if in six months' time the opportunity arises to ask them which one, the, the more we have access to, the better. <laughs> yeah, that's think, actually. You know, I keep, it's getting harder and harder to, <laughs> to find them. I keep meaning to mention this in both in print and here that mm. that anyone that knows, you know, a, a nice peaceful airfield or test track that uh, isn't in constant use we'd love to hear about it wouldn't we yeah yeah totally yeah totally because we use we've used to use long cross test track which is now pretty much a film studio full-time and uh, a brunting thought which has been pretty much shut to magazine testing mm -hmm. and is only open to a few uh, to a few manufacturers bike manufacturers stuff like that i think i'm not entirely sure well oh, i've got a funny relationship with brunting thought because it always felt a little bit hairy you know in terms of the, the the kind of signing in that you had to do and you got given a radio one between 20 of you and it was all a bit you know you'd get bikes going around at a million miles an hour at the same time as people are doing car to car tracking shots at 20 miles an hour it always felt a little bit we had some adventures wild. there didn't we yeah i mean it's a cool place i went funnily enough i went there the other week with uh noble cars to drive the m600 oh yeah and um it's much it's it's since it's changed hands, it is that part of it is run much more effectively. You know, there's a big uh, set of barriers halfway along the halfway along the, uh, the the long straight. So you go one side, you go high speed stuff. The other side, you you know, is very low speed. Oh, sounds a bit more controlled. Like yeah, it's much better. Yeah. Do you remember the occasion many years ago when we were doing the the cheapest 150 miles an hour anyone can buy, and one of our men bought an XJS. Which I'm do. not sure I was there, but I do remember that. I think yeah. it did 142 or something like that, but he he um, neglected to get on the brakes until a very late stage and very nearly put it amongst all the stored cars at the yeah. end of the runway. Yeah, and I think that over time, as it, as it became a car storage place, it just got hairier and hairier. There's just more and more cars lined up down the sides, yeah. I think, really. And I also wonder if some 
manufacturers don't like the idea of people filming with 16,000 of their cars sitting by the side of the yeah, runway and, and, and viewers on YouTube going, what, what on earth are the Yeah, that's doing? right. It's sort of yeah. Bedfords are on, on special today. That yeah, kind of exactly. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it does feel a bit like that. But um, after that, you went for a quick drive in the Alpine A110? I did. I just wanted to <clears throat> see whether I... Um, it sort of still made sense to me, and I, what I tried to do was go around the local roads I know very well, making, um, doing it the way my moderator Paul would have wanted it. He yeah. and uh, it was just half hour trip, but I I enjoyed it. It was fine. It, you know, I do. I am going to take a bit of trouble. Mm. Um, speed limits are not <clears throat> a thing that I would um, that I am in love with, but I, on the other hand, I don't want to get on the right side, the wrong side of the law either. Yeah. So. And the car was still enjoyable and the roads were still enjoyable, so yeah, no complaints. No, and I think that is, we've got to remember that when testing cars, I mean, particularly really fast cars, you can only test them up to 60, you know, you can only test them up to 60 miles an hour. So you can do it. If, they can't, if a car can't be fun in that sphere, it's effectively, you know, it's no use to us. Yeah, and yeah. doesn't that illustrate, the, 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 or doesn't that focus on the fact that Fairly cheap cars that don't have a lot of top end performance, but mm. deliver, you know, in the sort of naught to seventy area are great. Yeah, you, yeah. you and your Caterham, for instance. Yeah, I, which I used to have and then sold and should never have done. Like most people who own a Caterham, should just keep it forever. I think. But yeah, I think they're terrific. Yeah, we've got a feature coming, haven't we? Our favourite, our favourite British cars, and the Caterham is my favourite. It might it might be my favourite car of all time. I think it was the one car. And in fact, it was auto car. And Motor at the time, who published a couple of Caterham specific things that I think Caterham sent you through the post if you asked for a if you sent them five quid for a price list or whatever, they'd send it through the post. And uh, and I think the road test of a K series, the first K series, Caterham came out, and also there was an HPC versus the light car company Rocket twin test, which came as at the same in it at the same time, as well as Caterham's price list, which is online these days as fascinating as ever to tick all the boxes moving on uh, second bit of your column in London on Tuesday spotting I've almost forgotten these existed the Citroen C0 <coughs> slash Mitsubishi iMeve yeah I was wandering around I, I was uh, there's probably possibly too much information but I was required to get a haircut by the missus <laughs> because I had this kind of exploded armchair head and um um, and so I was wandering around in Marleybone where I know a hairdresser and um, I saw this Citroen C0, which not a very good example, but it mm. suddenly, you know, I was always a bit scathing about those and the IMEF, which is what the car really is. And the, the shape of it and the narrowness of it and the way it fitted its parking space and just the, the relevance sort of hit me over the head. So I... As I always do, had to nip into the nearest coffee shop, look them up on, um, on the you know in the classifieds, and discovered their uh, fit one is five grand, and that seems to me to be quite a reasonable solution for the drive to school, sort of, uh, drive to station sort of people yeah. who might need an EV. And they are four seater as well, aren't they? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've I don't know how one. they drive. I never, I can't remember driving one. Did you ever go in one? I'm not sure. I don't remember driving an electric one, but I do remember driving the Mitsubishi i, which was the ICE version. It was based off of, 
uh, which is a Japanese K car, and it had a. I think the engine's in the back, and it's rear-wheel drive, so the turning circle was oh, very tight. Oh, it was under tight. the seat, wasn't it? The, the engine, not saying. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Was it under the back seat, or is it under the middle? Back seat. Yeah. 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 Back seat. And uh, yeah, so the turning circle was very tight. I, I just remember sort of half liking them from that point of view, just because they're tiny and quite funky. But I think you're right. They probably look better now than they did at the time. Yeah. I, 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 I found myself interested enough in it to look it up anyway. Yeah. And on the subject of um, nimble, light EVs, etc., we have a letter from Luke List, who contacted me on Twitter. Uh, you can do the same, Matty underscore prior, and Steve is on there too, uh, STVCR, I think, on it's, Twitter. Yeah, one of those, yeah. One yeah. of those. Anyway, search for us, you can find us. Anyway, Luke says, with a heavy heart, I read this week's auto car. Are you editorially forbidden from espousing in equal fashion arguments against the EV in a way that might keep me subscribing? Uh, on a separate note, he says here in Oxfordshire, personal transport itself is under attack, EV or not. Well, I know how you feel about Oxfordshire, Luke. Um, so I think he's talking about the issue where we had our EV handling test uh, a couple of weeks ago, where we did effectively, sort of like we do for Britain's best driver's car or Britain's best affordable driver's car, but we, saw, we thought there were enough cars on the market to see how the EV thing is getting on. Um, yeah, I, well, I, I was interested in the conclusions. I wanted to know what you... I wasn't there, but I wanted to know what you guys thought of that because mm. it's a highly relevant subject. I just needed to know. And, and if they don't, if cars don't steer and handle nicely, I find it hard to give them house room. So mm. so I needed to know that... that Put it this way, I think it was a well-focused story. You know. Yeah, I, well, I'm glad you think so. Well, you know, we work for the Mac, so we would say so. But I, yeah, it, it, what's important to know, Luke, I think, is that it's not a replacement for Britain's best affordable driver's car or Britain's best driver's car. It's in addition. Uh, and I think, uh, I don't, you know, we like some of them, but I don't think any of them are going to make it into the Britain's best driver's car proper because they're not there yet. But I, I think you're right. You know, these are, these are going to be a part of our lives. We're not forbidden from, from casting our doubts about the viability of any of them, we can say what we say what we think, and we report to you. But I do think it's worth having them there and doing that test. Did and you we, find the weight was the weight the dominant thing when you were chucking them around a bit? It's the sort of yeah. In re, it's in relation to the braking performance of them, I think, and oh, also indeed. the difference between uh, regeneration and disc braking. Oh. That that's where it, that's where the big thing comes. But yeah, you notice. You know, braking distances are longer because they're because they're heavy. We did have the Porsche Taycan at the proper best best driver's car two three years ago, two years ago. It didn't win because uh, it's you know because it's two point two two point three tons. You know, we judge it by the by the others. But it's you know it's a it's a good handling electric car. I think good it's on, a test worth doing. You know, good on the road too. In yeah. particular, isn't it? Feels like a Porsche, you know, and the and the Audi e-tron GT, which is f similar underneath feels like an Audi RS car you know and that's a feat I think in its in itself I think it's yeah, worth clever cars aren't they yeah yeah I think it's worth I think yeah I think that's worth ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, which brings me to uh, one of my column items, second column item, I think, if that's right, Steve, which is that I think the world of family cars and sensible cars, I've written about this before, I think they are there will be a divergence between humdrum mainstream cars that become a bit more like white goods and fun cars, hobby cars. Uh, and I wonder if that divergence is happening quicker than I expected. So yesterday I went to drive a Porsche 912 resto mod done by a Hungarian guy called Mickey who's, run a, who's set up a company called Cam. Um, he's got the prototype so far, which I drove on the road, and it's... Really good. It's really good fun. It's only 750 kilos. It's 170 horsepower, so it's not too fast. It keeps the four-cylinder engine from the 912, but is now, I think they're 1.6 and it's two litres. But it's, anyway, it's it's good fun. But talking to him about his cars and his, his enthusiasm and his passions. So he likes old Range Rovers, classic Range Rovers, and he likes these old Porsches. And I'm thinking, this is the kind of conversation I would have had with an engineer seven or eight years ago over dinner, where they're just telling me what they've got in their garage. But now this is actually part of the news gathering process, you know, the reporting news gathering process. Yeah. And this sort of hobby car thing appears to have taken a, a bigger status. Yeah. There's still niche cars in terms of sales volume, but it strikes me that the interest has, you know, I mean, every I think other the week... gentleman who was commenting on on the the um, uh, electric car handling tests mm. shows us the reason for this, doesn't he? You know, he he sounds like the sort of gentleman who might. Um, well opt for a yeah for, for a, a a specialist car yeah. of the type you're discussing just because um you know he's he's obviously not absolutely enamored of uh, of the latest TVs yeah it? and i do get this a bit and i and i and i do understand it you know we've got contributors who say you know look EVs are not my hobby they're not what i got into it for and i do get letters and little notes on uh twitter and things like that going i love your stuff in autocar and everything but EVs are not my thing. I mean, we cover everything, and I like them all. And Autocar has always covered the entire motoring spectrum, and will continue to do so and because we're weekly. We've got the space, and online, we've got the space to do it. But yeah. I do, I do. Yeah, I, I just wonder if the if the world of motoring is diverging a bit quicker than I. I reckon expected. it is. I think I think you're precisely right about that, and that's what that's if anything, sort of sustaining the resto mod industry, which is mm. going really strongly, isn't it? Even yeah, it is. It'll be interesting to see if if living standards are going to take a bit of a kicking like um, we hear. Mm. It'll be interesting to hear, hear how some of these companies get on. But they quite a lot of them look remarkably healthy, don't they? Yeah, they seem to. What I'm what I would like is a and actually one of our readers and friends did call me about the idea of making one, and I but I won't I won't not say any more than that because he may not want me to is one of these resto mods that isn't 300 grand. It's maybe 70, 60, 80, something yeah. like that. I wonder if you could, I mean, I reckon I could do it in my Hillman Imp. Yeah, well, but, you know, a decent electronic ignition to keep it reliable and, uh, Yeah, know, the MTB has become a bit of a popular oh, one, yeah, hasn't it? Can it? Be, can and, it? Yeah, there's plenty you know, around. And you can fix the handling and, mm. and they're quite well packaged and yeah. they still look all right. And yeah. 
probably even sound good. Yeah. Well, they always did sound good MGVs, didn't they? I don't know. I've never, I've never driven one. Have you not? No, no, no. A friend of mine had one who said they point and squirt, great fun. But yeah. beyond that, I don't know. It's not, it's know not a, um, you know, sophisticated car, but can be made pretty good, I think. Mm. Your next column item: car buying is a disease. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wrote that because we've changed all our cars recently, and 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 I. I can't get it out of my head. You know, I remember Goodwin going on at me about how every day I'm either thinking about selling or buying some car or motorcycle. And it's true. Hmm. But the big current BMI bonnet is, is that I think at our stage, you know, with it, we have four family cars. They're all petrol or diesel. I just think we need to own an electric car. And the car that I think I would go for at the moment would be a Tesla Model 3. Hmm. And I like it for the, um, I quite like the styling. I am not at all put off by all the, um, the you know, the screen-based stuff. I like the supercharger network. Yeah. And they go pretty hard. I did a sprint in one a few, I don't know, a couple of months ago. And it was pretty standard, but it was fantastic. I, I was with three other blokes. We came, uh, what was it, fourth, fifth. 7th and 13th. I was the 13th, but I was the slowest car out of mm. a field of 100. Okay. Well, and there were some pretty high-tone cars in there. Yeah. And I quite enjoyed the... I, I thought the car delivered. It was it was quick. It steered well. Um, I quite... I enjoyed driving it to and from as well. Yeah. I mean, we had one up at... Uh, we had one up at that EV handling test the other week. And it was... It was fine. You know, it was quite nice. It steer, like you say, it steers, it turns in pretty quickly. It grips hard. It takes off really well. And yeah, the four wheel ones have got lots of traction. Yeah, there. and that, I mean, I'm with you. The, the, for me, the supercharger network still makes the conclusive difference. advantage, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You just got to so. go to Oxford Services and see that big line of chargers, and it makes you feel better. Yeah, exactly. And I, I know when we do, you know, when we do long distance drives in them to photo shoots and things like that and and somebody says what do you want to be in to go there and back yeah it's the that it's that network that would make the difference the thing i should say is that this this has not been discussed with the steering committee in any shape or form right one of our cars would have to go Mm. and um she will be hearing about this at the same time as our (laughs) at the same time as every other listener so the so uh, so what's going to get the, the big volkswagen uh or a, a, a car or something? Oh, I think to, Cali, the California, California. Would, would, would probably go because yeah. we don't do a lot of camping and it's just got all this retained value. I keep on seeing ridiculous prices for these things. Really? And, and uh, you, you know, the way things are in the used car market, we seem to be able to get the money we paid for the car back after four years. Yeah. God, that's remarkable. It, it is. It is. I mean, it's not done a big mileage, but mm. even so, amazing. That is amazing. I mean, I know used cars have got rarer and more expensive and blah 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 and because of the shortage of new cars the values have gone but four years yeah well look, the thing is the prices they keep on hiking the prices oh, so our our second hand one looks keen against uh, yeah. a new a new one and they're i think they're reasonably rare but anyway i mean it's probably all nonsense matt i'm just talking <laughs> shooting the breeze but but uh how many I, times gone how many times a day do you or a week do you think about buying something else Oh, all the time, all the time, every day, some something every day. I've, I'm a kind of configurator jockey too. I love, uh, in fact, 
it's I'm so sad that I can I sometimes approach my house driving home and I sort of think, well, when I get home, after I have my dinner, <laughs> I'll just have a look on a configurator and see what it would cost to do such and such and such. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a, it is a disease. Mm. But happy disease, I think. Yeah, I don't, there are worse ones, aren't there? There's, worse, there's yeah. worse habits to fall into, I think, than that. Don't drink, don't smoke, configurator addiction. Well, that's all right. Yeah, go with that. Um, right, my first item on my column this week... Uh, Britain's worst driven car. I've got a theory and I have tried to back it up and I and I can't, because I'm an engineer so I like the data, but I can't find any data to support this opinion that I have, which is that Britain's worst driven car is the Citroen Zara Picasso, the 99 to 2012 MPV, people carriers, tallish hatchback, I don't know what you'd call it really. It's the one that you can't tell exactly which way it's facing. That's a bit I loved in your column where you said, uh, you. You, you can't be absolutely sure whether it's coming or going. Yeah, really straight, sort of push-me-pull-you style. And I've got, I've got some anecdotal evidence for this, which I know is not something you should go on. So I do, I do know someone who had one, uh, who was an appalling driver. And then uh, a family member, a, a very nice lad who was auditioning for the, uh, for the position of in-law at the time, but hasn't, hasn't quite made the cut, bless him. But anyway, he got run into by a bloke in a Zara Picasso, who was clearly, clearly rubbish at driving. He's clearly had no interest in driving. And that's what gets me, right? So if you buy a Zara Picasso, they weren't a bad, from memory, they weren't no, a no, bad car. No, it drove okay, steered okay. and handled all right, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, because it was based on the Zara, which in like that Coupe VTR, VTS. Which was, was a ZX, fun. wasn't it? Uh, I think yeah, I think The so. ZX was a pretty good car. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and it, was it Peugeot 306 it shared yeah, its yeah, yeah. with? So, yeah, so, so not, not a bad car in the first no. place, but... Bought by people with. If you've got an interest in cars, I don't think you buy one. I don't. No. Think, I don't think you. I well, MPVs are out, aren't they? Yeah. For, for people with an interest in cars, and also that the Zara came from that. You remember there was an era of Peugeot marketing in this country where everything was sold at a discount. They had these big discounted. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, page, big page ads, and everything mm. was sort of three grand off. And I think, yeah. and the Zara was remarkably good value, and and. Mm. I think anyone that didn't want to walk bought a Zara. Yeah, and you could... I, so I remember I'd written at the time at the place I worked, if you bought a C6, Citroen C6, you got so much off, I reckon they could have almost given you a C1 for nothing. Do you Beautiful. Know, buy a C, C6, get a, C, a C1 thrown in free, and that would have... I'll tell you what, that would have been... That would have been there was, a, there was the cashback era, wasn't it? That was it was, it, that know, was it, the yeah. Cashback. Um, I anyway. Think the, I think the... the the policy, they changed the managing director and the policy changed abruptly, didn't it? Oh, uh, yes, I think you're right. The, yeah. I'm not sure what happened to the bloke who, who ran the... Uh, but now they're on a... Citroen's on a kick to build residuals very yeah. carefully and doing yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, which is important for mainstream makers, isn't it? They're it is. just not doing that. Don't don't chuck cars out to fleets in an effort to build the new sales because it just destroys your residuals, which is... Mm. Pointless. Anyway, uh, I digress a bit. So the Zara... Okay, so yeah, if you've got an interest in cars, I don't think you buy one. Because it's a family wagon, I don't think if you have, if you have kids, I don't, you know, if you, I don't think you buy one, which means you probably passed your test a while ago and you haven't looked at the highway code since. So it might be 15, 20 years since you... When I read this piece of yours, I immediately, well, one, I second it. I've seen <laughs> plenty of beaten up, poorly driven Zaras. Mm. But I tried to think of other uh, candidates. But the one that I came out with was Yaris Verso, mm. which seems to be at the head of every queue. <laughs> and you and I know this because 
we do a bit of motorbiking and therefore you, you get to go past oh, the you queues, do. don't you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, so that you is can a, see what's at the front. Is it Britain's <laughs> slowest driven car, the Yaris Versa? I reckon it'd be close. It's a, it's, again, like the, like the Picasso, it's a, it's a privately owned car, isn't it, as well? Yeah. So it's not a business car doing lots of miles as well. And I think people get sometimes surprised. If I'm out on a, on a motorway on a school holiday, you know, you suddenly see an increase of Zara Picassos and yep. it's like doing these runs to Walton Towers and That's it. whatever, straight That's down it. the middle lane on the motorway at steady 65 miles an hour, yeah. being undertaken by BMW 3 Series <coughs> overtaking. Anyway, the upshot is, I thought to myself, well, is there any data to support the fact this is Britain's worst driven car? And there isn't. But a, 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 a uh, leasing company last year did put some freedom of information requests into the Department of Transport and said, what is crashed more than any other car per number of cars on the road. And the top was the Vauxhall Zafira, which is not a dissimilar car. No. But Vauxhalls were heavily overpopulated. I think there were three in the top five or six, Renault Clio, BMW 3 Series. But those cars just get driven a lot, is yeah. what I think. Yeah, if and there's no mileage, um, um, accident per mile sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, you need, yeah, and to be sure about that, you'd need a per mile because the lowest crashed brands per mile were Morris, Austin, and in the bottom ten are like yeah. Ferrari, uh, Maserati. Well, nobody drives these cars for yeah. big mileages, so of course they don't crash so yes. often. So, isn't that isn't that a laugh? You know, what? How do a how do a Ferrari and an Austin align? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think, but anyway, if you know of a worse driven car uh, than the Zara Picasso, you can write to us at. Haymarket.com, and we would look forward to hearing from you uh, very much um, about that. That almost brings us towards the end of time, Stephen. What are you up to in the next coming days and weeks that you can tell us about? Oh, it's difficult, this, isn't it? Because I don't want to. I just want to talk about stuff that we've done. Yeah, but I don't want to. Well, I've got to do a bit of a road. I've got to complete a road trip that I yeah. started. Um, just visiting some people I like, you know, around the country. We, it's, I guess it's no secret, we have a, a uh, we're working on a fairly major Best of British um, mm. um, issue to come. I've been talking to various uh, luminaries about the state of the British motor industry because it's surprising stuff, actually, because it's in a bit of a parlous state, as we know, but, mm. you know, for all the reasons, COVID, Brexit, Brexit, um, aftermath anyway, um, shortages, that sort of thing. But there are quite a lot of people who have cause to know who stand ready to say that it's got good, reasonably decent prospects in the future, you know, looking towards 2030. OK. That's pretty good news. It well, is. I've been doing that resto mod. Next week I am going to do the Christmas road test. Ooh. Which is cool. Which, Which is, is cool. a deep, dark secret, isn't it? Uh, I, yeah, it probably should remain a deep, dark secret. I, I think it's a type of vehicle we haven't covered before. I've been, I've been back through the archives. I've sort of got a, I keep a little list of things that we've done before. And I, in the back of my mind, we, it was done, but I can't find it in the mags anywhere. So I'm assuming that's, that's all right. And then I'm off as part of this Best of British. Uh, I'm off to Wales to do a Best of British shoot. On the Christmas road test, mm. do you expect to have a good time? Yeah. They've promised me that for the first time in five years, I can sit up where the, let's be vague, sit up where the driver is. So Fantastic. that's pretty cool. So it's, and nobody's done that for a long time. And I just, it's a, it's a, it's a cool form of transport. I'm really, I'm really excited about that. And, yeah. Pretty good picks, I think we can promise, can't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. so it should be really cool. Yeah, it should be really cool. Great stuff. Um, 
And that just about brings us to the end uh, of this week. You can write to us at autocar at haymarket.com and if we read out your letter, we'll send you a mug or something. Although, did you get that letter earlier from Dave who wrote to us the other week who said, don't send me a mug, I'm still using the one I got from 1990-something? Yeah, end of the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah. and you did it, so you did a, a talk with... Yeah, well, it was at the Peter NEC, Robinson. the last NEC Motor Show, I think, with mm-hmm. Robbo, Peter Robinson, our former um, European editor, f- fine bloke, my mentor, best, greatest, world's greatest motoring journalist. Mm. He was there, and apparently he gave this gentleman a a mug, which he you, still, still proudly drinks day. out of. So Excellent. it's good. That's good news. <laughs> well, you get, uh, I mean, a rather less historic, uh, important uh, my week in cars mug if you if you write to us, autocar at haymarket uh, you can find us on the socials. Uh, Autocar is at autocar.co.uk all the time. We're on YouTube every week. With uh, You can join 800,000 odd other subscribers on there. Well, the magazine is on digital subscription and it's in shops, uh, newsagents, uh, every, or on a paper subscription every week as it has been since 1895. So until next week, thanks for joining us. See you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.